Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary, coming to you on this Monday from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. Clearwater Cleaning Solutions is your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team who are ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. A lot to get to on the show today, so let's get right to it. We will start with the Calgary Flames as they find themselves playing a gigantic Game 4 tonight against the Dallas Stars. A reminder, once the game is done, uh, you can find me on the SDPN YouTube uh, page for Game Over Calgary. Myself and Audie James going to break it all down. This is, I said at the end of Game 3 on Game Over, this is kind of almost an era-defining game for this Flames group, for for this core that's been here for a bit. And obviously, a lot has changed. But I guess specifically for Johnny Gaudreau, this game needs to be the best they've had at this time of year, basically since 04. If this one ends with a whimper again, and if they find themselves down 3-1 coming back to Calgary, A, the series is probably over. And B, this era of Flames hockey is probably over. I think, once again, big changes are happening. Um, I, I think that if the Flames lose this in five, then game five is Johnny Gaudreau's last game with the Calgary Flames. I just, he needs to step up in a way that he hasn't before. And granted, he was okay in in game three, but it's been too easy to cut them off. And it's been too easy to cut off a lot of the Flames. They got a bunch of shots and were, I thought, actually the better team in game three. But this was a Flames group that, just needed a whole lot of players to elevate and they didn't get there. And now they have to, this is as must win, almost as must win as it gets. Like if they're down three to one, then it's actually must win. But this is, I think the time that defines how the rest of the Daryl Sutter part two era is going to go with the flames. Is it going to be with this group or is it going to be with a very much facelifted group? That is what is on the line coming up in this game tonight. This will, th this is the fork in the road moment. Like, I, I, I know this kind of sounds hyperbolic for a first round series, but this really decides which pill the Flames are going to take as as they go along as a franchise. Like, the, I, I, I cannot stress enough how important this game is, not just in the, the scope of this season, but judging where this team is going to go down the road this game decides it, I think. So they need Gaudreau to step up a little bit more. Quite frankly, Matthew Kachuk needs to get his shit together. I get like, oh, it's awesome. He punches guys and that's great. Matthew Kachuk has not done enough to contribute to winning hockey at any point in this series. Aside from he'll get like one chance two minutes in. It's like, okay, well, guess I can go punch people now. It, it, it gets people fired up and that's fantastic. You need to start contributing to things that help put the puck in the net. He hasn't done that. The Flames at practice today, at least, are shifting things around. We will see if that sticks going into the game, which, by the way, is the stupidest thing. Like, do you really think we're going to come out of this series and go, well, I mean, the series will really shifted when they said they were going to have Richie on the second line, but didn't have Richie on the second line? Oh, boy, did that really alter the course, not only of this game, but of this franchise in general. It's stupid stuff, but hockey people tend to believe it, so whatever. But... They need more out of Toffoli. Um, I think Backlund's been pretty good. I think Manjapani's been pretty good. But some of the new guys, like I, I think they need more out of Coleman. They need more out of Yarncroc. They need more out of Toffoli. They need these guys who were brought in for this reason to step up 
in these moments. One guy who hasn't needed to step up at all is Jacob Markstrom. He has been great. No complaints on um, on the Flames side of things when it comes to what's been happening between the pipes. On the Dallas side, they're just playing really good hockey right now. Like defensively, I think they're playing all right. Again, Calgary got a boatload of shots in the last game, but the the Stars' top line is starting to really step up, and you're starting to notice a few more of the depth depth guys more and more as this series is going along as well. It's been great for Dallas, and I am so fascinated to see how both teams respond coming out here in Game 4. Some other series going on in the NHL right now. We'll just kind of run through all of them here. Edmonton against the Kings. I guess we're going to start with the most recent and work our way backwards. This one was really interesting to me. Uh, you, you have the Kings, who again, are able to get to the front of the net and are able to to get into those dirty areas that we haven't seen the Flames get into. Edmonton just kind of let them and LA was able to come up with two big goals. And then Jonathan Quick was worth his weight in gold in this game. Not that he was under siege or anything. The Kings ended up with almost like 20 shots more than Edmonton did. But it was the key saves. Late in the first period, it's 2-1. to one. Edmonton's thinking if we can get one, go into the locker room, down one, we're fine. Nugent Hopkins sets up Kulak all alone. Great chance. Stopped. And then you have um, Evander Kane in the second period. Net drive, chance stopped. Yamamoto can't put it in either. It's those timely saves that the Kings were able to get that got them back in this series. Um, I know it's going to look bad on Mike Smith that there's four goals into the net. I don't think you can really blame him on any of the goals, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, does my microphone shifts for some reason. But um, I thought this was more what LA did well than... Well, I guess there's a bit of what Edmonton did poorly, too. They, they did not defend the front of the net well at all in this game. And I think it comes back to uh, kind of haunt them there. Toronto against Tampa Bay. A lot of these games this weekend, in the NHL specifically, were one team showed up, one team didn't. Like, this was... Kind of a bad weekend of hockey in the NHL. There are a couple of games that look a little bit closer than the scoreboard would indicate. But I think in most of them, the score actually resembles more of what the game looked like. It was just the 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 shorter score was a little bit more flattering to the team that was losing. And then a couple of empty net goals. And all right, well, this one makes sense. Toronto, uh, Tampa Bay, this one was not aided by empty net goals. This one was a sound and thorough ass-kicking. The Leafs just did not show up for this game, and they get buried a minute in. Hedman pinches, goes to the front of the net, Samco's hammers it in, and that was just like a quick, like, hey, if you think these guys are going to fade away, that is not going to be the case. And it feels like after both Leaf wins, Toronto's just kind of, okay, we got this now. We're good. We don't have to, oh, damn, it's 4-0 in the second period. Like, it just kind of had that feel to it. A weird bounce in front sets up the, the Belmar goal, but then, like, you can't let Patrick Maroon drive to your net and get three cracks at the puck. Like, that's just, that's not a thing that you can allow to happen. And then Campbell whiffs on the goal, and it's just, it's over at that point. Tampa Bay has a lot of life in this series. I still think Toronto wins this one, but you cannot have efforts like that in this series. It's like we talked about on Game Over Calgary about the Flames. When you have bad games like this, it... Like, it just takes away a lot of that margin for error. Because there are going to be nights where you play really well and lose. You you can't just give away games based off of bad efforts. And I think that's what we saw from Toronto. Minnesota against St. Louis. This one was all blues. And again, it was a 3-2 game late. And St. Louis seals it away with a couple of empty net goals. So, 
I, I do feel like just because it's empty net goals doesn't mean, oh, well, the game was actually a little bit closer. No, 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 no. 3-2 was favorable to Minnesota, and St. Louis just righted a wrong with a couple empty netters. But we talk about key saves. This was one of those games as well. You have, on one side, St. Louis going with Bennington in net, and he comes up with a couple of big saves, whereas Marc-Andre Fleury didn't get those. He had the the rebound on the um, the first Cairo goal, should have had that. Instead, it goes right to Cairo, who has a wide open net to, to be able to, to shoot at. You have uh, Perron chance that just squeaks through Marc-Andre Fleury and ends up in the back of his net. Like, it's just a couple of key times. And their saves were, if they make it, it's, oh, wow, that's a really good save. But Bennington was making those. Fleury was not. That was the difference in this game. It's the reason this series is tied at two. Boston against Carolina. And this one, like, it looked like it was going to be all Carolina. They take a one nothing lead early. They were in complete control. But then that top line of Boston, back together again. Face-off win, puck to the net, win a battle down low, and score. It is, it is a simple game, this sport of hockey sometimes. And Boston was able to do that. And then from there, like, it's not, again, this was one where it was a little bit closer than 5-2 would indicate. But the better team won in this case. And... I am. I've I've had a weird read on this series the whole time because I thought Boston was the better team in Game One and they got smoked, and then I thought Carolina was trending to be the better team in this game and they got smoked. This is going to be a really interesting series. I, I think Carolina needed a little bit more from their top guys in this. The player who has stood out to me from a Carolina standpoint, Seth Jarvis, has been excellent for the Hurricanes. And anytime things are getting a little bit rocky, it seems like he's the one who is stepping up and coming with the, the, the big play in the big moment, not one of the other guys. Um, I, I'm so impressed with what I've seen from him. Rangers against Penguins, another one that it was 7-4, to four, but this was a very close hockey game, and another one where a couple of key saves from Louis Domingue kind of keep them in it. Great response from the Rangers, down 4-1 to one to come back and tie the game, and then third period, Louis Domingue, side of the goal, makes a couple of key, key stops on, uh, I believe it was a shorthanded try for the Rangers, and that kept a minute, and then Danton Heinen scores. So again, the theme of the weekend, key saves at key times coming up for these teams to get the wins, and then you look at the players who stepped up for Pittsburgh. It's Rodriguez. It's Heinen. You love to see those depth guys. That's where I thought the Rangers were going to have the advantage. In Game 4, it was Pittsburgh with the advantage, and now that series... Um, or sorry, in Game 3, it was Pittsburgh with the advantage. Now they're going to a Game 4 tonight. Not a whole lot to say about Colorado and Nashville. Um, the Preds are sticking in it and trying their hardest, but they are just so outgunned. The one that really surprised me started the weekend... Washington with a 6-1 win over the Florida Panthers. The Panthers never had anything in this game. And, I mean, they, they had a 1-0 lead, I guess. But they they got caught puck watching. They leave Alex Ovechkin wide open on the power play. And he's able to hammer one in. And then from there, like, it's just Bobrovsky was just a touch off the rest of the night. And that ends up hurting Florida as they fall to Washington. Not a whole lot on this one. I haven't had a good read on that series all the way through. They have a game four coming up tonight. Um, so overall though, kind of a bad weekend of hockey. And that's really disappointing because they the NHL did a perfect job of staggering everything out. And it was just kind of a, uh, yeah, I guess this is, we'll wait for the next game. Um, okay. Well, I guess we'll, we'll wait for the next game, but you saw key plays from mainly 
goaltenders. And that was, I, I thought, the, the main... The main takeaway from the weekend was, and it's not, we're not breaking any ground here, but key saves at key times help these teams get back into what look like they're going to be, except for Colorado and Nashville, all very, very good series. The music that you hear on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. You can find them on Instagram, at Wasted Talent, with X is where the A's would be, and find the producer on Instagram, at Tommy Fresh Music. Moving to the NBA and what a shift it has been in a couple of these series. We'll start with Miami against Philadelphia. Um, injuries were the problem for Philadelphia in the first two games, and now they're the problem for Miami in the last two. Because Joel Embiid is healthy, and he is impacting things. In Game 3, he was helping out on the defensive end, and in Game 4, it was on offense that he was able to, to step up and have a, a bit of an impact. Although this one, in Game 4 late, it's all James Harden. But now Miami... They need more out of Kyle Lowry. If he is going to be playing, they need him to be at least something out there because zero points in game three and he was hobbled clearly in game four. I get he wants to be out there, but it is starting to get into liability territory for Miami. They need a, a healthy Kyle Lowry. If healthy Joel Embiid is just back in this series. And it was just, it was crazy to see Embiid out there towering over everyone. And, like, I, I think the world of Bam, but there's just no answer for Joel Embiid inside. The thing that I liked that Miami started doing in Game 3, and it's or in Game 4, sorry, and it's the reason I still like Miami in this series. They were, no, where Toronto would get close to the paint, see Embiid, and just throw up a, a kind of flailing jump shot. Miami is just going right at him. And they're drawing a lot of contact. They're creating some foul opportunities off of it. Jimmy Butler is fearless. Bam Adebayo is fearless, fearless offensively. They're going right at Joel Embiid. I like that for the Heat going forward. It's why I still have confidence in them. Also, Philadelphia, again, I did not think in this series Philadelphia's depth pieces would outplay Miami's. I really liked a lot of what Miami was able to do with some of their depth guys early in the series, with Struess, with Hero. Um, P.J. Tucker was coming up with some big shots. Hero has still been making some shots, but the other guys have kind of fallen off, and now it's Philadelphia. Danny Green is just never going to miss a shot again. Same thing with Tobias Harris. Um, just They're just not missing at this point, and the, the depth for Philadelphia stepping up in a big way. Same thing for Dallas against Phoenix. Um, an off game in Game 4 for Phoenix, and kind of an off couple of games, but the key... In Game 3 and in Game 4 a little bit. But I think the key for Dallas, they had a bit of a tough time when... Or they have a bit of a tough time when it's just Luka Ball. And he is so good. Like, um, Phoenix has no answer for him. It, it kind of feels like. Like, Bridges is doing all he can, but Luka is just getting everything that he wants. And when you are that talented, it would be easy to kind of just turn, for lack of a better term, turn into a ball hog. But instead, he has now started to involve some of his other teammates. And that's where Dallas was thriving in the first three games of the Utah series without Luka is that everyone was involved and everyone was scoring and everyone was contributing and you couldn't leave anyone because that person was then going to burn you. Luka has now started to involve his teammates more and more in this series. And because of that, Bullock is playing better and Finney Smith is playing better and Brunson is playing better. He's got all of these guys now into this series and Phoenix just has no answer for them. And then defensively, Dallas is doing a tremendous job. The one thing, Aiton, this is a time to get to another level. Like we, we've seen him step up and I think he even 
it looked like he was even finding that other level in the, the New Orleans series, but there is no answer for him on Dallas. He needs to be a much bigger factor as this series heads back to Phoenix now for Game 5. Golden State against Memphis has got very, very chippy, and uh, no John Morant for Game 4 really makes this one pretty obvious where it's going to go for the Golden State Warriors, but the thing that you love about Golden State um, defensively, they did a really, really good job. And then offensively, you know, Poole's going to contribute, but when Wiggins is contributing and then Porter chips in with 10 in the first half, this just becomes such a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous team in Golden State. And the, the depth pieces were there. Their movement without the ball is spectacular always. I love watching this team play basketball and it's just, it's a lot for Memphis to have to deal with. I know they've played well without Jaw in the past this season, but this is going to be way too tough of a, a hill to climb. I have gone back and forth on a couple of these series just on, well, I think it's clear now this team has the edge. Now I think it's clear this team has the edge and the these last few, see all these series actually have kind of gone that way. It's been fun playoff basketball to watch. The last one, Milwaukee against Boston, that's a really tough one for Boston to take, to be down 2-1 in this series to Milwaukee, who don't have Middleton. Um, like, Giannis is on another level, absolutely. And again, in this one, it's the depth pieces coming up big. You have, I know I kind of shit on depth earlier, but um, or last week it was, but like Connaughton comes up with a, a few extra points. Lopez is each game getting better and better as this series is going on. Bobby Portis is contributing. And this is where... Milwaukee has been so good this series is that Middleton goes out. So now you don't just have a straight line. This guy is our Middleton replacement. Instead, Portis has stepped up 10%. Connaughton stepped up 10%. Holiday has stepped up 10%. Lopez has stepped up 10%. And they're just chipping away at it. And then Giannis is unstoppable. On the other side, Boston needs more from Tatum. Um, you, you can't have a game where you lose by two and your best player is that invisible. That that This feels like one that is going to, if this series doesn't go Boston's way, this feels like it is the one that got away for Boston. This is a massive, massive game for the Boston Celtics coming up tonight. So that is your NBA rundown here on a Monday. Just a couple other quick news and notes types of things. Um, back in the NHL, I know we did the hockey thing earlier. It is just mind-boggling to me that Barry Trotz got fired today. I do not know what the Islanders think they would be without Barry Trotz, but it's not what they've been. It's not going to conference finals and having opportunities to play for Stanley Cups, potentially. Barry Trotz has done an amazing job. And look, maybe something's going to come out that we don't know about, and that's going to make this sound a whole lot of not good. But I think the New York Islanders got substantially worse today. And maybe that's the play. Maybe they understand, look, we're not going to be it anymore. We're, we're, we need to take a couple of steps back to try to take a few steps forward. And let's not, we don't need Barry Trotz in here to do that. But Barry Trotz is going to be unemployed as long as Barry Trotz wants to be. And I wonder if there is a team that loses in the first round that makes a big change in a coach that Barry Trotz can come in and be that missing piece for. I think he is that good. And I think he has been that good for the Islanders. Um, did not get to watch a whole lot of the fights this weekend. Going to go over them and hopefully have some stuff on Fighting Friday for you. I like that we're at a point in boxing because Canelo loses over the weekend. It didn't seem like there was a whole lot of, well, this crushed the legacy. That's it for Canelo. That's it. It was just, I think everyone kind of understood, hey, this guy's pushing the limits of what he is capable of. And 
In this case, he just pushed past it. He understands that. He is still, I think, the best boxer in the world. I, he is definitely the biggest draw in the world. He tried something and it didn't work. And I love that we've got to a point in boxing where it's not, well, that's it. Canelo's done. Canelo's washed. It's all over for him. I don't think he is that at all. I think he is still at or toward the peak and is going to continue to, to be very, very good for a very long time. He just, he pushed his limits a bit too high in terms of weight classes and it ended up biting him. So um, credit to Canelo for, uh, as, as Brian Campbell says on, on Morning Combat, for daring to be great. It didn't work. It'll work next time for him. And as far as the UFC goes, a weird weekend with uh, DeBronx missing weight and then still winning. So the lightweight championship is now vacant. It's going to put a bit of a taint on this win for Charles Oliveira, but he is putting together an incredible UFC resume at 155 pounds. That's going to do it for the show today. Reminder, after the Flames game is done tonight, head over to the SDPN YouTube channel and see me and Audie James break it all down. It's called Game Over Calgary. Getting the chat involved. Um, it's been a lot of fun. To, to do that over the first few games. So come chat with us, have your opinions heard, and break down whatever comes from a massive game for the Flames today. We are coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. Clearwater Cleaning Solutions is your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team who are ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. Chat with you guys. Hopefully, you'll be there later tonight. And if not, I'll talk to you all on Wednesday. I'm out.